Welcome back to the Gun Mag Podcast. I, I don't do my hands. You ever like watch Jocko Podcast? He's like, Ramadi. Ramadi. 2009. <laughs> Elements of Task Force Bruiser moved into the city. They got close. <laughs> dude, <laughs> I'm working Listening on it. to yeah. his book. Gets me jacked, dude. Dude, it was, it was fucking, it got me pumped. I wake up at 1 a.m. now. I don't, but that was a joke, I, could, I, could, I could understand why you would. That. Yeah. Corey, Corey knew I was I was full of it, dude. Yeah. I wake up, 8 a.m., tired as fuck. This sounds more realistic. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds more realistic. So I stayed up too late, playing video games. What are you, what are you playing? Hell Let Loose. Dude, you're on the Hell Let Loose grind? Insurgency. Okay. Insurgency Sandstorm. Yeah. I played a little bit of Tarkov, mm. but I'm not a fan. I respect, the, I respect the game. I respect the crowd. I just personally can't get into Tarkov. It's too much. If I have an inventory system where I got slots and stuff, that's just a little bit. It's a lot. Dude. It's a little bit too much. I, I respect that they've got the detail down. Sure. For like the ammo. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you it's load like, the wrong ammo in there, you cause malfunction or whatever. That's great for something. That's great stuff, man. You it's know? good stuff. It's it's good for the. I get gun gun stuff. It's good for gun stuff. Yeah, and I mean, do they have the real names in that too? Right. The so. real names I of the guns. I think with them being in Russia, they're like, yeah, we'll just use it. Because I think the usual thing with video games is like a copyright issue. That's the thing that I didn't like about Call of Duty. Yeah. Is because you've got this massive young audience mm-hmm. that could be learning a lot about mm-hmm. guns. Oh my gosh, is this the M13? You're yeah. like, nah, dude, it's a six beer. Or it's a six Exactly. Six. Yeah. Yup. So, that's my biggest gripe with it, ultimately. Uh, or the fact that you can carry around like... 1,200 rounds of ammunition, eight plates, and six RPGs. Yeah, the eight plate thing's a little weird. And just yeah, slide, slide around corners. corners. I'm like, no, dude, you'd be so tired. You'd be so tired. <laughs> you can't even be able to do that no, once without no. busting your ass. I know. Yeah, you got, you're telling me you got like a freaking RPG on your back with a belt fed, and you're just sliding around corners with eight plates on? Yeah, no. You're, Good luck. Yeah, that's, hey, that's some Olympic, you know, NFL-level athleticism. Those guys wouldn't even have it, dude. No. Maybe if you're like a messed up German or something like that in World War II. I can see but that. But they're a lot yeah. lighter weight. That's you know? true. They just that, didn't have as much Dude, we're, like, we're pretty big, historically speaking. I got on this like tangent of looking up the ancient sizes of people. Mm-hmm. Like ancient Romans, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but they were like 5'5 five, five on average. Yeah, I was going to say 5'6. And they thought like Vikings were huge back in the day too, but like they're actually like 5'7 or something. You know what I mean? Well, the Nords... Or, five, or sorry, like I think they were like 5'9". Yeah, exactly. The Nords were pretty tall, but not by today's standards. No, yeah, so you think they're like seven feet behemoths, but they're not, dude. Every now and then you get an anomaly. Um, yeah, I'm sure. You get, you get yeah, Samson sure. yeah. or whatever. You get, you get Sam, a monster yeah. out there. You, you get Goliath out there, yeah. And back in the day, he's in charge yeah. op- for obvious reasons. Absolutely. Who's going to tell the guy? You have to literally kill the dude when he's sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like... It, Which is an, actually a pretty interesting concept. You know... Yeah. Uh, Alexander the Great was like 13 mm-hmm. whenever he had traveled across and killed all these people and well, conquered all these lands. Yeah. How do you get thousands and thousands of full-grown-ass men yeah. to be like, yeah, dude, you're in charge? That's a good question, man. I think Psychologically. It's, so, okay. Him inheriting, he's like the rich kid that inherits like the empire. So I think it's like, one, he's already got this institutionalized education. Sure. Two, all, everyone swore loyalty to his father. Uh, it was, I believe, King Philip. So he gets assassinated. Everyone already swore loyalty. They're like, okay, cool. He's the firstborn son. Like, this is how things go. Yep. That's how they expect it. But yeah, it's like, what would this stop them from being like, dude, no, nah, I'm the strong man now. But, I mean, gladiator. Yeah. You know, you think about that, he was going to pass it on to, mm. 
Maximus and then the pissed off other guys like nah yeah Commodus Commodus is like no I I want to be emperor Marcus really is like well, we Which? must pass it on yeah. Uh-huh. Commodus is not a you're speaking, dude, you're, you're speaking my language right now. This is like, I've, I, besides the gun channel stuff, I go off on long, ancient, historical, like, tangents and binges. Like, like literally, I think, last night I stayed up too late playing Rome 2 Total War. Do you know how many hours I have in that game? How many hours? Probably like 2,000. Oh, my God. So you, yeah, we know. We know the language. And is it like every time you, like, fire it up, you're like, you know what? I'm going to be a faction, have a hard game. Every time it's like, I'm just going to play Rome. Yeah, I mean, that's what I end up going back to anyways because they have the yep. best units. And, it's, you, and where they start out at, like, depending on how you want to take it, you can go after Carthage first. Yeah. One, one time I made friends with Carthage. You made I friends rewrote, with Carthage? Yeah, I rewrote history, no, dude. Carthage has to burn, dude. <laughs> it going, must be destroyed. Just holding them at bay. Mm. We do a little trade. You know, we'll do a non-aggressive mm. pact. Mm. I'll go over there and conquer everything on the right side. Yeah. And I go all the way to... Bacatria, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. on the far right of that map, and then swing back over once my navy's all built up. You just you take them on, yeah, dude. Just ram them. That's pretty smart. That's pretty smart. It I usually work every time. Yeah, I like to go for them off the get go. No navy. I just swing. I, I'll like blitz the city itself and just land on the beach right by Carthage and take it. Take out their capital. Hell yeah. Cut that Africa in half, dude. I, this is probably terrible for the podcast, but or or you just go and you take on like the what is it, the Iberian Peninsula, Spain, essentially mm-hmm. conquer Spain, and then from that point you have the power and resources essentially to start dominating them. Correct. But their navy is so good. It is very good, but it's a pretty good strategy to go ahead and take out your number one competition. Like yeah, right out of yeah, because pretty much, yeah. Who's next? Egypt. It, I was pl- I'm, like I was playing on hard mode and I was getting I was getting worked, dude. Like it was very hard mode. I've been getting absolutely worked, and now I wanted to be like, okay, I want to feel good about myself, so I put it on easy. And it's like I'm looking at it and I'm already it's like 200 some BC still, and I have like like veteran legionaries and Praetorians. Like I'm hundreds yep. of years advanced, <laughs> and exactly. all the competition of every other nation state can't touch me whatsoever. It's like they they could have they could mass like three armies and my one legion is just gonna be like I'm I'm just gonna like essentially game game it and just back my army into the corner and just let them get slaughtered. So Yeah, I mean play play to your strengths and mm. whenever you're overpowering everybody, That's make it a challenge. Exactly, dude. Because at the same time, it's like if you don't, all they do every turn is hey, you wanna be like defensive allies? That's hey, so hey, true. Hey, you wanna be like defensive that, allies? No, like, I'm no, co- yeah, I still I'm, hey you wanna pay me like three grand and like I won't attack yeah. you. Like, like you well, can't do shit to me. Please attack me. Yeah, I please dare. attack me. I, this game is getting stale. The only thing I don't like is the civil war factor. I mean, that, I like yes. that it's in the game, but I—that's what I do want to avoid. I do. I I agree. It's like you essentially are on a blitz to get to Imperium yep. or, or get to an Empire, so you can avoid the civil war uh, side of it. It's a fantastic game. It's so good. It's so good. Statecraft. Dude. You know, and then you got your family lineage. Yeah. You got to, like, make your dudes reproduce, get married, and have the yeah. next of kin. Yeah. Right? And get your heir I, out there. Or I, adopt. That's a good point. Or stop other adopt. Anyway, we're going... This has become the, the, the Total War Two podcast. And I'm okay it with be it. A, yeah, a small segment yeah. of it. I mean, to introduce you... Mm. Administrative results. Is that true? This is true. This is true. This gotcha. is... Uh, am I supposed to do, like, an intro right now? <laughs> no. <laughs> You don't have to do that. Oh, okay. Right. You don't have to do that. All right. No, uh, I reached out to you mm-hmm. on social media. Yeah. Because I like your stuff. Thank like, you. Like the videos, like the vibe. Yeah. And uh, some of that vibe is what I think 
was missing in a lot of the content. Grand Thumb does a really good job at that. Mm, love that um, guy. If you stare into the sun for a really long time and then like look around, you'll get that T-Rex arms look where everything's green and blue <laughs> around you. It's like you could call that a vibe too. Right. Uh, and that's some people's, you know, some people like specific people. They don't mm. have to like everybody in no. the gun no. industry. People call it a gun community. Mm. You can, but mm. I wouldn't call it that. Um, it's more of a <clears throat> conglomeration of individuals that mm. really like guns and the history of guns and what we do with them. Yes. And I think that's kind of the, the deeper message there. It's less about the tool itself. Mm-hmm. Some people, the nerds, the guys who need every random detail, yeah, really like the gun stuff. Yeah. But a lot of it, I think, goes back to the Rome-style stuff of, well, we, you know, we were from conquerors. We were from people that went out, mm-hmm. did stuff, faced the dragon, brought the gold back, and spread the wealth, right? We yeah. became the the knights of the story, so mm-hmm. to speak. And you're out there in the desert shooting a gun, vibing, and all these people are tuned into the exact same frequency, and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah give me some more of that. Mm-hmm. So. There's a few things that uh, rose just above the vibe as well. Mm-hmm. You and Mojo stand out in that sense because you were in law enforcement at one mm-hmm. point, and uh, the mandatory came across, and you basically said, Dude. I have a principle that I am not going to surpass. Yeah. Uh, and I think that takes a lot of cojones, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to mm-hmm. do that, to be able to take a perfectly viable career choice mm-hmm. and then say, I just can't do it, and I'm yeah. going to do the more risky. I'm option. just going to make internet gun videos. <laughs> it was a it was a leap, man. Everyone I talked to uh, in my personal life, they're like, "You're going to quit your well paying job." Keep in mind, I'm a dummy, so I like, I I don't have a college bone in me. I tried it, can't do it. Maybe I'll go back one day, but I couldn't do that. I was a dummy in high school, and then for me to get essentially land a really good career. Where I was like decent at, I'm, I was still dumb, dumb, but I was like decent at doing cop stuff, like the like the hecticness, the high risk situations, sure. and then like the stress of it. They didn't really bother me too much. Of course, no one likes paperwork and the legal stuff. That's just well, at least I didn't. That's the nerd stuff. But I really enjoyed it. So then when the jab came along, and they're like, "Hey, you gotta get this jab, or else you're fired." And not so. This is how it kind of went too. And keep in mind, I worked for a tribal police department, so they can get away with this. So, so nowhere else in the state, but I was still for, I'm still, I was still state certified. So, um, they essentially said, Hey, per date of this email, you have 30 days to get vaccinated or else you're fired. And I was like, yo, that's messed up because if, even if you wanted to quit, like your principals, that still takes a long time to get hired on by another department. Mm -hmm. So essentially I was kind of like, I got it. And I was like, man, I don't want to be here anymore. So I essentially put my two weeks in and then I got some flack for not wearing a mask on a call. And they're like, Hey, you're not wearing a mask. And to be fair, it's kind of like a rebellious little thing. But I was like, you know what? I'm out. I'm out today. And they're like, okay, cool. Like get yourself clear out your locker kind of thing. And it was, I was free, and that was it. And I was like, all right, time to do YouTube full-time. So yeah. it worked out. It was I think the channel was at like thirty or 40,000 subs when I quit, and I was like, all right, we're going to roll oh, the dice. Man. Okay, so that's that's not too big. It's, it's not like you were just jumping right. shit. Right, but, but like, if you ask like bigger YouTubers, they'd be like, oh, dude, that's like crazy. But it's like mm. if, if you were just starting out, be like, that's a huge number. So it was like a weird spot because it's like a, at a spot where it's not enough to like technically provide for the family, but it's still like a, a good like risk-taking spot. Sure, so. yeah. I think that fire mm. underneath you to like, hey, this could be something. It's not as much as I want yet, but it's also not nothing. That's yeah. enough to drive you to yeah. like, 
really dive in and dedicate yourself yeah. to it. Thankfully, I didn't have any kids. I don't have any kids yet. So it wasn't like, oh, I got to feed you know young mouths. Mm-hmm. So I my wife's working too. So it's kind of like, this is kind of like the perfect time to do it. Hell yeah. So I was like, let's just, let's just roll the dice. And it worked out. Now I'm sitting on my kitchen table and we're talking. We got an MP7. We're talking about Realm Total War for like the first 30 minutes of this podcast. So it's, uh-huh. you know, sometimes you got to roll the dice. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how I got here either. I'm not anybody's mm. son who got a, you know, nice position just because I happened to yeah. be the progeny of the owner or mm. anything like that. But I somehow weaseled my way into marketing and uh, doing gun stuff. So the other job offer I had was from Sally Beauty. So I was oh, I was really banking on getting this job, dude. I was because re- I just tell me you came and work with a bunch of like beautiful women. And you chose a bunch of guys. Correct. Yeah, too. I was uh, engaged at the time. Oh, so yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I did it carry on or is this a new? Oh one? yeah, no, I'm married. Oh, okay. I'm engaged. married. He was ga- engaged at the time. Okay, and now married. Yeah, yeah gotcha. One. Okay, I don't know if you were like I was engaged at the time, found a new broad, nope. married that. Okay, so same same yep. girl. Gotcha. I don't uh, I don't have the energy to do more than no. one and it, like I don't understand guys no. that do it's already enough oh yeah it's plenty the, the single the single fellas that are like oh I'm talking to this many women I'm like dude that's a lot that's a lot of them yeah on an app cool dog yeah that's a lot of them like yeah, granted there's also those like those women are also talking to like three times as many women that Talk you're talking to so yep dude version of them that makes sense so so how long were you a cop just two years Okay, so not not so crazy will, long, but enough I, to get the experience. Right, so the academy was six months, and then actually just two years as an actual sworn peace officer. And what drew you to it? Like, what made you want to be a cop? Um, it was, uh, I, I was always someone that felt called to a service capacity. Like, I knew I had to do it, either if it was going to be military or law enforcement. And ironically, I was, of course, looking at military first. But I was getting more doors shut in my face when it came to the military stuff. Hmm. Like, I was, I tried out, I, I, like, my brothers, they were both Army officers. And they said, hey, man, don't enlist in the Army unless you want to hate your life. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll take your advice. So I started going to college for it. And fa- come to find out, I am not good at college. Like, I cannot do college to save my life. Like, the, like the academia of it. Academia. And right. I was doing, the, essentially, the ROTC program down at local college, and I really enjoyed that. I thought it was really fun. I liked the guys. Like, we were all, like, common people cut from the same cloth. and But it just didn't work out for the grade-wise, so I had to bounce out of that because it was getting to a point where I was going to have to start paying out of, out of pocket for college. And I was like, dude, I'm poor. I can't do, I can't yeah. do that. So then I was looking at enlisting in the Air Force because I thought, okay, at least life would be better if I enlisted in the Air Force. I can go knock that out and then maybe do like a cool guy job of some capacity. Because I knew of like TACPs and PJs. Mm-hmm. I knew of that stuff, right? And I was like, that sounds really cool. Yeah. And I was getting the, the door shut in there. And at the same time, I had applied for local PD. And the PD was paying like exuberantly more money than a like enlisted man for an Air Force, right? right? And I was like, oh, hell yeah, I can make buku bucks. I can get paid. They're like, hey, two years, you can be a SWAT guy. And I was like, dude, easy. So literally the the process, I got told I was too fat by the Air Force. So they're like height and weight stuff to lose weight. Now, keep in mind, I was like, I'm like six foot something. Like, well, six foot, but like six foot one, right? That's what I told my wife. I'm like six foot one. Good and take. Good take, right. And, I, and at the time, I'm like probably 210 but i'm working out like twice a day i'm like lean and i i felt great and so i was getting told i was too fat and i was like oh dude what's going on Mm -hmm. and so 
fast forward then I essentially just get picked up by the PD and I was like all right I'll just do that I'll ride that train out and it just worked out great like very easy hiring process one and done like just applied to one department got hired by that department and it was like okay cool now I'm making great money for like a 20 something like I was 22 when I got hired like they gave a 22 year old a badge and a gun they're like all right go 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 do cop stuff and I was like looking back now like I'm, I'm like 26 so still a young guy but I was like dude that's like crazy you're just giving 22 year olds a badge and a gun but that's essentially it, man. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Whenever you first posted something, I think it was uh, like an Ask Me Anything on mm-hmm. your Instagram, like, how old are you? And you said 26. That was one of the first yeah. interactions that we had because I, I laughed. I'm like, no way. Yeah. And you were like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I actually <laughs> am 26. And in my head, I'm like, God, I'm such a piece of shit. Like, uh, I haven't done anything. No. I, like, all these things, I got it all set up on my mind. Yeah, I'm going to mm, do this and this mm, and this. And 3,000 mm. hours later on Rome, too. That at some point you do have to log off of realm at some point you gotta go to the gym you gotta you gotta do whatever you're working on but damn this realm like the best time suck ever dude it, it absolutely is oh my god uh but i think that that speaks to a lot of what's going on in in our society today because even whenever i would read the comments on some of your posts mm-hmm. guys would be like dude i'm like 29 and i just feel like a piece of shit, like seeing this guy being successful, doing yeah. the saying. What advice would you give those guys? Uh, I, you got to take risks. It's like, it feels weird if you ask me that, like essentially give, to give advice, because it feels weird to me. It's like, I, I don't feel successful, but I, at the same time, I'm sitting here with an MP7, we're like on a podcast, and it's like, it's like 1.24 in the afternoon on a Wednesday. It's like, you're unemployed friends on a Wednesday. <laughs> right? Yeah, dude. Right? But it's, um, I guess, you get, you're essentially, you got to take risks, take care of yourself. Like, it really is super simple. Things I would say is like, hit the gym every day, like work out, lift weights. Don't watch porn. I know like that's like a controversial one for a lot of people. I'm like, dude, it's not good for your brain. It's really not good for your brain. And I get it. Like, this is the golden era to watch people have sex on the internet. But it's like, it, does, it is not good for your brain. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, I wouldn't really call it controversial. I think anybody who has, like, an issue with that is probably the one with the with the problem. With the one who right, watches right. it. Right, right. I, 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 trust me, I see the appeal. You, you have any flavor of your desire, but it's times like... Times a thousand. Times a thousand, right. And what it's is like, it, Rule 42 or something like that on Reddit? Which, it's probably not 42 because I'm mm. jacked in the brain, but it's rule something or other yeah. where if it exists, there's a porn for it. Oh, man. Yeah, so it's like essentially you have you have any of your flavor of degeneracy. And it's just like nice. messing with your neural synapses and your dopamine. It's just not good for you. So quit that and then probably reduce your video game intake until you feel like you've accomplished something. That's It's pretty simple stuff. Then, of course, you got to take risks. Like that's... Calculated risks, I guess. But. Sure. Well, something that I noticed, too, my, my wife's a teacher, mm-hmm. and she's asked her third graders before, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. And obviously, this has changed a lot over the years, but she's only been teaching for a few years, and one of these last few years, she asked that question, and 80% of them wanted to be a YouTuber. That tracks. <laughs> That's nuts, dude. Right? So, I mean, we can't have 80% of people be YouTubers. No. So there's a lot of people that want to sit around at one o'clock with an mm-hmm. MP7 on the desk, mm-hmm. and while everybody else is out working, but it's just not possible. Yeah, it's that's it's a nuts concept. I can see the appeal. It's a good life, man. Once once you get to a certain point, it's a really good life. Especially if it's it's tough though because you do have to. At least 
like earn it in my opinion like you do have to earn it. it's not just going to show up on your lap sure like you can like women have the luxury if they're hot they can i guess go do only fans but don't watch it but you can go do only fans if you're a hot woman just based off their body but like for dudes like for us it's kind of like hey man you got to figure out your niche you have to be like funny you have to like know how to talk to yeah. a camera and treat the camera like it's the audience you essentially it's and it's like yeah we're sitting here at one in the afternoon but it's like uh i was working on another video before you showed up getting prep work done for this video we're about to go shoot it's a non-stop it's like i don't work on a nine to five i'm my own boss and the existential crisis of am i doing enough to prepare for the future to like essentially lay the foundation for success for my family so that my kids and their kids kids can have a good life right and it's like am i able to do this off youtube alone i have to look at other sources of income because i i know this is nine thousand percent of shelf life like i can't be like 50 running around shooting mp7s ideally i i mean that's I what i want to do disagree and that's what i was going to bring up right because the shelf life of a woman on OnlyFans is a limb. You're not going to see an 80 year old grandma on that well, thing. And if you do, there's maybe four of them. True. Okay. okay. It's an yeah, extremely a limited amount. That's a good point. That's a good point. I saw a video mm-hmm. on Instagram and it inspired me. Mm-hmm. Changed my life completely. It was Jerry Mitchell. That's true. He That's was Jerry's- sitting there and he's talking about bullet trace on a 22. He's going to take this little 22 Magnum pistol. Mm out to a thousand yards he's got this big old scope on it's all mounted and he yeah bing oh i got it oh i got it. let me try one more time and yeah. he doesn't pull the trigger and bing and he it backs up and his wife's back there smacking on the metal oh baby now we gotta do the whole thing over and i'm like <laughs> i know what i want to be when yeah. i grow up yeah. that's exactly what all i want right. to do you got me there maybe i'm thinking maybe i'm being too pessimistic i'm being too pessimistic i'm thinking worst case well, you're pretty humble in general, and I've seen that a lot. I, I listen to all the podcasts that you've been on mm. in preparation for this because oh. I don't want to ask a bunch of like the same type of right, right, When's right, the right. mask coming off, bud? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but right now, <laughs> yeah. But uh, thumbnail. <clears throat> but that is something that uh, that I think that because you're very humble about. Mm. You're not giving yourself the full credit. You mm-hmm. went to Finland to shoot guns yeah. with a very hand-selected group of people. Mm-hmm. You're a part of the Leviathan tribe, which is another hand-selected group of people. Controversial shills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? No, we can dive into that later, but yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard any of that. I'll, I'll give you the backstory, but yeah. We'll, okay. Yeah, yeah. I like everybody on that list. Right. No, they're great um, people. They're great people. And ultimately, like, you can pave the way to your destruction or your success, depending mm. on how you want to handle f- fame, I guess, if, if you want to call it that, but more so just uh, the direction of the impact of what you want to do. Because, mm. yeah, you're making gun videos on the internet or whatever, but there's more to it than that. And the people, the lives that you're actually touching and affecting mm. is a positive, a net positive. You're not getting these guys to go out there and commit crimes. like. You're going in there and saying, like, hey, this is how you do it legally. Mm-hmm. This is the stuff I've got. This is what's cool. And if it is illegal, when all of a sudden we can't run plate carriers anymore, well, we're going to make them common use. Mm-hmm. We're going to start wearing them all the time. Mm-hmm. We're going to run suppressors. We're going to do everything we can to make gun culture American culture again. Because mm-hmm. it used to be. And then we got really scared of them, and the mass media took over. Mm-hmm. And everything changed. Yeah. You can't order guns from catalogs anymore and ship them to your high school. Okay. Yeah. Those big red flags now. Apparently you can't do that. Yeah. That's kind Ask of Ask me how I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, man. That's a good point. But I think there's a lot to be said for 
the the fact that you're going out there doing stuff and you're risking it and that alone is enough to show people that like maybe I don't have to be a lazy ass all the time maybe there mm-hmm. is something out there for me because if it works for other people then mm-hmm. why wouldn't it work for me now mm-hmm. everybody can't be a YouTuber sorry guys not everybody can be but if you're no. really good at something give give it a shot yeah. you should absolutely try it because yeah. the barrier to entry is basically zero yeah if you got a, a phone you can record yourself doing anything. You have no idea where that'll end up. Mm. So, um, having said that, what's the long-term goal for your channel, for what you want to kind of do? Because Grant Thumb started off mm-hmm. doing gun reviews, and now he's sort of let it out that his his real goal is to do some bushcraft stuff, yeah. some sear stuff. Mm-hmm. And at the time, there just wasn't a big audience for it, but now he's got an audience, mm-hmm. and the audience pretty mm-hmm. much likes whatever he likes. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I want to I want to be around you. I want to talk about what yes. you know. So do you have a goal for something like that or a forecast for it? Yeah, essentially it would be to uh, amplify the culture that we have with gun stuff, at least, at least the culture that I like to see. And a lot of that, my next phase, it would be, yeah, I want to get a company going of some kind. I think that's a good idea because it helps support everything else you want to do. Sure. And that company can start to take over. You want to rely on YouTube or big tech censorship as much. That's like something I want to do. I, I would have to find a product that I want to like, I feel company putting my name on to some capacity. But my like vision, my dream would be acquiring uh, both a shooting range and some sort of airsoft complex. I've got a real big love for airsoft now. It's just, it's nonstop grow, growing, man. And when I was coming up in the gun culture, it was like very frowned upon by the hardcore gun guys. But again, then again, and these hardcore gun guys, it's like, hey, they couldn't bench press 225 or they couldn't run a mile. So it was like, okay, first off, check check yourself. Oops, sorry. First off, you got to check yourself because uh, you're about to get wrecked by some 12-year-olds with some airsoft guns. And it's essentially how I view airsoft now. It's kind of like a feeder to gun culture. And they, they kind of work in symbiosis too once you reach a certain point because a lot of the gun guys I know now are also – been going to airsoft events like airsoft guys i know now also gun guys so it's like the two are intertwined and i think it's because i i know growing up i started off with video games mm-hmm. but i can't I'm, I'm not gonna be a game developer so how can i help that culture sure. by providing the physical space and then with the shooting range i can help provide the physical space i don't want to do the instructing you know because sure. yeah yeah I, it's like one i, I want to be my on my own time i don't think i need to instruct i don't know if i have enough to bring to the table to even instruct in the first place so I'd provide that space for actual certified bona fide people to help give real life skills to those that need them, right? So, you know, civilians, law enforcement, military, stuff like that. And that's kind of like the, that's like the dream. That's like the big vision, essentially help with a feeder of like airsoft field, you know, focused on realism and, you know, tactical and really cool setting, essentially providing an immersive environment and then a real life shooting range. One, so I can have my own physical space for filming. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be really cool. Essentially be like a movie set to help keep, the culture going right so that's essentially like my big dream big vision i that's like the the what i would write down on the on the board and, mm-hmm. and try and pursue so that's essentially it i think that's an awesome goal like when i saw the picture of grantham's new range mm-hmm. i'm like man the universe is a badass place yeah this guy makes internet youtube videos and now he owns this property yeah like man I got to turn the game off. Right? Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's ultimately the conclusion that I had to come to. Mm-hmm. And that I think a lot of other people it might not be games. That might not be the vice for some people, but right. it might be porn, might be something else. It's yeah. the quick dopamine hits that end up making any sort of long-term mm-hmm. positive net positive, just not worth it. Yeah. Because if you have delayed gratification or immediate gratification, mm-hmm. 
typically human beings are going to go with the path path of least resistance. So you see that a lot. Right. We live in a, a very instant dopamine hit society now. I mean, you think about it, just like pulling up Instagram reels. I won't get TikTok. I can't do TikTok. But essentially, it's the same format. You're just dopamine hit, dopamine hit, dopamine hit. It's like you have to really, I, to, I think to succeed, like tasting a little bit of success now, it's going to involve suffering. It's going to involve like the uncomfort. And I think just as men, and I can't speak to being a woman because I don't, this isn't a politically correct thing. I just don't know like what it's like to be a woman. But I know as a man, it's like, you, you pretty much got to suffer. And once you suffer, you feel a lot better. Like if I don't go to the gym in a day, I feel like a piece of shit. And I, I just don't feel good. I don't feel like in the mood to do anything. I got to like, I got to work out to some capacity. Yep. Right. It's just like a simple, simple stuff. You got to drink water. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's, I know it sounds dumb, but it's like for me, the simple details compound and they add up. So it's like when you're trying to do this like video editing, it's like taking the time to research. Okay, what's your L cut? What's your J cut? What look do you want to go for? How are you going to edit this? What other software you can use to amplify your edits? It's like you have to take the footwork, the time, the suffering. When you want to be playing Rome, Total War, mm -hmm. but now you're going to be like doing your homework essentially on the stuff you care about. It's like essentially you just got to kind of do the man thing, grow up and grit your teeth and suffer. Yep, and I think the uh, your personal character has a lot to do with that mm -hmm. too. Because when nobody's there, when you don't actually have a boss that's going to tell you, "Hey, admin, you didn't meet the deadline." Yeah. Then you're like shit, man. I can just kind of move that deadline. You yeah. Know? I mean, if I don't do anything this week, things will be okay. Yeah. But two weeks, three weeks, four, eventually it starts to fade off, and mm -hmm. then. I think a lot of that has to do with the momentum you build based on those little habits. Mm -hmm. Because the one day you don't go to the gym, the next day you're like, uh, I don't know if I want to I don't know. Go. I, don't, I don't feel The more like I don't go, the more I don't want to go. Right. And even when I don't want to go, when I go, I'm glad I went. Yeah. And that's what I got to tell myself every time. If, mm -hmm. if I'm ever like, mm, I don't really feel like it. Yeah, you just got to show up, dude. You show Straight up. You up. could have a bad day at the gym. Hey, man, you still to the gym. Exactly. You made a bad YouTube video. It's like, hey, it sucks. It may not be doing how you want it to, but that's a learning lesson. Get better. Well, that's uh, that's an issue I have personally myself. I, mm -hmm. I don't like a lot of the stuff I do anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just a... Uh, self-deprecating de type right, of thing, you right. know, self-sabotage. Oh, I could have done this better, this better. Um, which, you know, you want to have a little bit of that to build off mm -hmm. of. Um, but after the fact, it's like, man, this could have been perfect if I had this. Yeah. And it's just too late. Once it's posted, it's out there. Mm -hmm. So there's no going back and redoing a video or, or changing an edit. Mm -hmm. So everything's got to be right mm -hmm. up front, which means you have to have done that homework up front and mm -hmm. beforehand. Mm -hmm. You gotta have that attention to detail. The devil is in the details. The devil is in the details. And that's another thing that I wanted to bring up to you is all the kit that you use. Mm -hmm. Because it's extremely detailed. And not because I'm saying that, because that's what I've seen a bunch of other people say. Right, I don't right, right, know right. the details well enough to say like, oh, that's you know, right on par. You know, this is exactly what he needed to be wearing. Dude, we're about to go down a rabbit hole, my man. Uh what what is your what is your question about the kit per se? I got, I gotta have like a general like. Well, where did you start on your journey to get all that education? Knowledge? You know what's funny is I think started out being a young guy getting into airsoft and that got me that that started to get my tactical gear like itch and so you start going this research hey what are chest rays? what are plate carriers what are all this what are the pouches used in conjunction and then you see like the looks of like the guys that are using it overseas and you're like okay well what kit are they using so then you hop into forums and you're like asking guys and guys are identifying kit and going down the line i remember this is an example but this is of course i'll fast forward to when i am a gun guy now 
and seeing Christian Craighead back in 2019, January, mm-hmm. when he uh, stopped the Nairobi terrorist attacks. And I was like, what drip does this man have? What a guy. And this essentially inspired this look, right? Yeah. Because I was like, I want to make videos, but I didn't want to show my face at the time. So, uh, but essentially, I went down and had to do the research. And eventually, you know, the blogs came out about like what kid he was using. But it's like, you just, you just do your research, essentially. And keep in mind, I still get a lot of stuff wrong. I'm definitely not perfect. And there are guys that are just wizards when it comes to tactical gear out there that know all this stuff. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's like that bell curve. When you start learning about it, you're like, ah, oh, yes. I know nothing. That's like, that's what it feels like. I still feel like I know absolutely nothing because there's just so much tactical gear. There's so much that goes into it. And it's like, you talk to guys that make it and it's like, okay, so this is the kind of stitching that we're using. This is the kind of nylon, the, the what we're sourcing it from. And it's like, oh my gosh, there's a whole different universe that I just thought was like, cool, tactical gear, chest rig, throw it on. Very simple. That's all I thought, right? But oh my gosh, there's a, a mountain of nuance to this yeah. stuff. So it's, it's definitely it definitely was a learning process that I'm still learning today. Where were the forums that you're talking about? Blog place? You talking about like you 4chan know, or something it, like it, that? No, not necessarily 4chan. I, I don't really. Or is that a hacker? <laughs> the, the anonymous hacker 4chan has taken on Gun Mag Warehouse. Um, no, it's, it could be anywhere from, you know, browsing Reddit, browsing Instagram, asking guys who may know that you've, you know, become friends with, asking other people in the, like, airsoft groups or stuff like that, and they know more than you. And you essentially start taking on this knowledge, you start learning, doing your own research. A, a, like, ARFCOM's a good spot. They have, like, all this stuff going on in there. So, it's just, like, places like that. I remember the Reptile House was for the Nairobi one. There are, like, these airsofters over in the UK. They studied all the kids, so they did a good job on that. And then... I've seen a lot of guys that, that follow you there in the UK mm-hmm. that they don't have guns, but they certainly have a lot of kit yeah. and maybe pretend guns, like airsoft guns. Well, yeah, there's a bunch of, the airsoft community is pretty big in Europe, and I think there are a limited few, because I've seen some guys from the UK, and I think they're running like either a 22 or something like that, like mm-hmm. a 22 conversion kit and an AR, at like a match or something. I, I still don't know how the UK laws work. In Finland, they're like, Finland has some pretty base gun laws for a European country. Right. But um, I can't speak to all of them, so uh, I couldn't tell you. How was Finland? Dude, it was awesome, man. <laughs> yeah. It was really cool it experience. Like a lot of fun. Really cool experience. First time going to Europe, and I got to go and shoot guns. Like, I forgot I was in Europe when I was at the shooting match. Because I'm really rolling around with the car 15, Glock 17, <laughs> live rounds on me. No, like, no one's checking me. No one's like, hey, what are you doing? Are you like, there's no authority. It's like, I can do whatever I want. And it's yeah. like, I'm, I'm fully kitted, essentially, minus, like, some belt feds and stuff. But... It was it was awesome. And they had really cool people, man. Very kind. Very like, um, what is what's the word? What's the word? Very like, um, it's when you're like satisfied or like you, you just don't like. If you don't want to talk, you can be in a car ride with them. If they don't want to talk, they they're not bothered by silence. Very content is what the word I'm looking for. But they love the sauna. These people love the sauna. They have more saunas than they have like fast food restaurants. Oh yeah. Yeah, they love it, dude. It was it is a it's a winning combo. Like I got back and I was like, tell my wife, I was like, I gotta get a sauna. <laughs> I have to get a sauna stat. It's good for you. It's great, man. I I've, feel I've heard. like I felt awesome. Like I remember we went to the one spot in Helsinki where it was like a brunch spot and then attached to it is like a sauna. <laughs> so you go eat, you're drinking, and they they all heavy drinkers too. You're drinking drinking your finished long drink, which is fantastic. Changed my world as far as booze go. And then you're dipping into the sauna. And then you go dip in like the Baltic, I think, is the sea right there. So it's like frigid. Yeah. You, you, you feel great. You're just doing that back and forth. And it's just, of course, fantastic. So I got hooked on that. So I was like, I got to get a sauna. I got to get an ice bath. 
I'm gonna make that my like routine in life now. Oh yeah, it's like it's like turning into the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you also went during like the best time you possibly could have mm. because Finland's almost always covered in ice and snow. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was not. It was comfy. It was comfy weather. Like you, you felt good in a sweater. Yeah. Like so that it felt good there, but. Yeah, I was happy to not be there during like their winter war season. So, dear God, yeah, could you, like they're close to the Arctic Circle. Since you oh, fly yeah. there, flying there, I thought we were gonna fly around the Atlantic, but no, they're like just going over the top of the world, and it's like Correct. eight hour flight. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, because it's a smaller circumference up there. It yeah, it's sense, but look not like you, could, if you like, look at a map. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's freaking. It was pretty sweet, man. It was a definitely a venture. Very grateful I got to do that. Hell yeah, that's very cool. Um, Never been to Europe, would love to go, mm-hmm. but only in very specific areas yes. like that. Because yeah. I, I really have no desire to travel to a foreign country that I can't carry a firearm. Yeah, into. yeah. I, it sucks. But. Th- thankfully, a lot of those countries are very safe uh, from what I was gathering. And I was trying to gauge, because like, my wife went with me too, and she like wanted to go do her own thing for a couple days. And I was like, hey, how safe is this? And they're like, oh, it is very safe. Don't worry. And I was like... They're like, oh, this may be like a bad neighborhood, like from where you're from. I'm like, okay, hold on. What do they consider a bad neighborhood? Do they consider like where I live a bad neighborhood, or they consider like down this, like you know what I mean? Like, okay, what's your gauge? So, it ended up being fine. So, I I would say you may have to deck the handgun to go experience the world a little bit, which may suck. But just maybe source a gun locally or something. I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Do do a little European crime. Yeah, I mean, if you can get it across. I, that's, More power to you. I'm, that's what I always thought about boats. I was like, if you take a boat there, that's probably a better option. Yeah. How how would like does the custom show up and like, hey, we gotta search your boat real quick? I'm I'm assuming that's what kind of happens. I'd need a connector. You if, know, I'd need somebody yeah. who knows what to do. Yeah. Th- th- there's an argument for becoming filthy rich because once you become filthy rich, it's like you show up with your own private security detail and you don't have to worry about carrying a gun. Oh hell yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's but that's a very hard goal to get to. So yeah, that's like some elite level. That's stuff. elite level. That's like your. World Economic Forum. Yeah, like stuff. like you're you're getting on a private plane, mm-hmm. going to an island gonna with some with some the, quirky fellow named Epstein stuff. Yes, yeah, exactly. Going to decide what the rest of the plebs get to do right, in their day to day lives. I just want to carry my gun for self protection. I just want to carry my MP7 in the in the waistband, but apparently, and yes. maybe mag dump you know in in, in the uh, Coliseum. Like right. no, just basic stuff. What is know? life? Could you imagine living like that? Just in the Coliseum of Rome. Correct. That'd be so cool, dude. Pick up some of the dirt. Dun, smell dun, it. Dun, dun. Find where uh, he he buried those two little. Yeah, he buried his wife uh-huh. and his child in the Coliseum. I think pretty, that makes me pretty sick. Yeah, I watched a movie that you're pretty fond of, Blood Diamond. Yeah, had never seen it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'm like, it, it's a required viewing. Ultimately, right. it's a very good movie. Very it good was movie. Fantastic movie. Yeah. Um, and of course, like when we first heard Leo talk, we're like. That sounds a little awkward. And I'm sure mm-hmm. Leo's professional. That's exactly what it's supposed to sound like. Mm-hmm. But the accent brew was a little... Yeah. <laughs> we got to joke about the accent, I'm bringing... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was definitely different. But uh, a great movie. Just yes. wish we would have watched that before I bought her diamond ring. Because mm-hmm. that would have saved me a little bit of money. Dude, I, I, I tried to get the conflict diamond. Oh, I, specifically. I, like, I like the story behind it. I'm like, did someone like lose an arm for this? And they're like, sir, Should we don't more know. It's, it's a conflict-free diamond. I was like, no, no, no. Where are the conflict diamonds? I know you have them in the back. So, <laughs> bring me the conflict diamond. If it if it comes bloodied, I'll pay an extra. I'll throw an on extra some, something nice for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. 
That's what I was trying to find. No, great movie. Built built an entire essentially brand off of one gun from that movie. So uh, I I owed a, a, a bit of love. But I don't know about that movie that got into my head, man. I just love like the the history tied in with it, like the fictional history, how it played off executive outcomes, how it had the carry handle car fifteen, and all the guys have been prior Bush War vets of South Africa, and mm-hmm. then also from like Danny Archer being from Rhodesia, and of course it has the uh, you know the apartheid history. And it's like. Yeah, every nation has just bad history. And, like, that's once you overlook that, it's like, okay, it's a pretty cool story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the movie didn't really focus a lot on apartheid. Yeah. Uh, they, they stuck pretty much to where the story was mm-hmm. going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's another thing that I'd, uh, I know that you know a lot about, not necessarily just the Rhodesia stuff. Right, right. Uh, but history in general. I've heard you say that that's something you can go on real long tangents about. It's, it's the kind of history where it's like, I, I try and imagine myself in that time period where you like essentially it's like doing the, the Dan Carlin, you know, hardcore history method where you take on the the human element where you're not just because when you get taught history in, in high school, I remember this very vividly, you're just getting taught dates, times and essentially the government orientation of what they mm-hmm. want you to know about history. And it's not like the the critical thinking of history. And of course, I'm just an amateur disclaimer. I'm just an amateur, very much an amateur. But it's like taking on that different twist of, okay, what's the contextual point of history? I remember Dan Carlin, when he was doing, uh, what is it, the uh, Supernova in the East for his Japanese series. He like essentially went back to the samurai era to set up the story for the thinking of Imperial Japan during World War II. And it's like, okay, there's a lot of... <laughs> There's a lot that goes into history. It's not just like Japan won the fight World War II. It's like now we beat them. It's like there's a we got to break down a lot. And there's just so much rabbit hole you can get into because it really does connect at a minutial level with the human experience. Mm -hmm. There's there's common human experiences that we've had since the dawn of time. Sex being a a huge one, everyone everyone wants. Dying, everyone is going to die. Uh, Women giving birth, you know, getting a woman pregnant eating something good, it, essentially getting into knife fights on a massive scale. That was a big part of the human history. Now, with more recent years, we have firearms, right? The, the common human experience of war. And it's just like diving into these topics and how it's like you're essentially living in kinetic part of history, but no one's ever going to talk about you because you, you essentially don't matter. They're going to talk about Sleepy Uncle Joe and how, yeah. right? It's like there, there's a key people in history, but it's just like, dude, I, it's just to me so fascinating. And, and you get to be a part of this and you get to study it too. Well, here's another angle to that, mm-hmm. is we have never had a digital record of time That's up until point. very recently. That's a good point. And the archives, mm-hmm. we're thinking about massive data storage. Yeah. You very well could exist mm-hmm. for millennia simply because your face has been on a YouTube video at some point, which was downloaded to somebody else's hard drive that got yeah. uploaded to whatever else hundreds of years from now. That's crazy. The digital noise you're gonna have to sift through. If you think about it too, like every minute, I think forty hours of content is uploaded to YouTube. Yeah. So, dude, the digital footprint is going to be wild. Even like to getting back to the pornographic thing, like I remember the listening to people talk about the like the 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 positions or the sex stuff you could order at like the brothel in uh, Pompeii. I think it was. And like the, how it's textiled onto the walls, right? It's like oh, crazy stuff, like very vulgar stuff you can order. And it's like, that's going to be like, they're, they're going to be having dudes having podcasts 2,000 years from now being like, oh, dude, they have this website where you can go on. <laughs> yeah. This is, be- this is before that they, this, like, they're, this, the podcast is going to be like, this is before they had advanced AI sex bots. Correct. They had to beat their own meat, right? Yep. 
So you had to order yourself a dirty Sanchez. Yeah, to order you had to go and type it in. Uh-huh. Your sex bot didn't take care of this for you. That's like they're, that's like essentially gonna be their conversation. So that is a good point to think about, man. That's wild. It's a pretty crazy one because yes, obviously the heads of state and everything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, sure they'll be remembered, but people like Jones and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that who are unspeakable at this point had an effect on history and yeah. the direction of the way things will go. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to know who's going to show up and who won't. And I think that's why the culture side of things, because politics is downstream culture, mm-hmm. whenever you affect the culture and you affect the gun culture and how you get people to accept things and normalize them mm-hmm. as they should be, mm-hmm. then that leads to political changes. And sure, the head of state might be the one whose name is on the piece of paper. That's a good point. But ultimately, where did that culture shift come from? Each individual person mm-hmm. that contributes to it actively has a role to play, and that's why I think that you know you might discount it as oh, I'm just making YouTube videos, you know, that's screwing around in the desert. There's very likely profound moral implications that, later down the road that I think are. are Net positive. That is exciting, yet that is terrifying. It's like this thing has gone a little too far. <laughs> if I'm yeah. making if I'm making societal shifts, that's hey, I'm just a dude on the internet wearing a ball club. Like that's kinda ooh. Well all right. we all are, right? That's, yeah, that's a good point. To yeah, some just degree. a dude on the internet. Yep. Yeah. Good lord. And man. I think that's that's what ultimately America was built on is the individual mm. and not the collective. Mm. And that's why the gun community matters a lot less to me than the individual gun people that I know. Because the mm. gun community, if you if you take a, a gross overlook at that, mm. and then you go into the comments section, it's like, oh, the gun community is really combative against each other. Yeah. They back and forth. There's new drama every week. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, it's, it's just a lot of noise. I think that is also an aspect of people want to be heard, and they have an opinion that they find valid, so they want to be heard. And this is a great place where they can get some attention on that for a topic that they're very passionate about. By all means, I, I encourage it. It's good for the algorithm if we're all active on each other's stuff. So, you know, if you're if you think that's something I say is wrong, by all means, hop in the comments and let me know. So it's it's definitely uh, I, I I can see where you're coming from. But yeah, America is founded on the idea of individual liberty. Yeah, that's dude. That's a good point. Well, and I, I wouldn't knock anybody for leaving a comment. Most of the comments, if it's going to be a constructive comment or like, hey, you did this wrong or whatever, sure. I'm always open to that. It's usually the ones that they're just trying to take a shot mm. to see if they get a response, right? It, right. It's kind of the, right. the counter culture to like basically anything. It's, it's the troll mm. type culture, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Those people are always going to be there. And no matter what, they always have been there. It's just the level of... Publicity that you can get now yes. is is completely different, and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're worse now than we were in the past. I just think it's more obvious. Yeah, and it's also harder to tell who's an actual psychopath from a regular comment. That's Sometimes it's really obvious, but right. other times they'll leave a regular comment, and if you make a little snidey one back to them, mm-hmm. you don't know who you're actually talking to. No. Here. And no. the amount of time and effort, because people are a little crazy, yeah. you know, the amount of time and effort somebody will go through to get you back for that, a little sketch mm. as far as I'm concerned. Mm. But uh, like I said, I think it is a uh, an integral part of the, the human journey and story mm. that we are in this, the cusp of something big. And it might be 
the fall before the the good times come back. Right, right. We're in the hard times now, my brother in Christ. Yeah. Oh, I, I think we're about to be there. I yeah. think that the weak men have created the situation that we're yeah. in now, uh, and it's really easy to blame that on somebody else, right? Yeah. But uh, ultimately, we are the culture. Ultimately, we mm-hmm. are, we do make up this country, mm-hmm. uh, and the fewer people that stand up and say something about it, the longer this is going to be the way it is. The longer we're going to continue being having our rights taken away and, and slowly chipped away. It's a very interesting time to be alive when the proletariat, essentially the, the, the masses, has now access to mass communication. Anyone can be the mass communication or the mass media. Yep. You have guys like Joe Rogan whose platform is way bigger than the conventional media now. Sure. That's a huge threat to the establishment. Oh, yeah. That's a huge, I know it's like, who's the establishment? It's essentially, it's just, you know, it, to people that want to control the narrative, that's a big threat. Correct. Dude was getting throttled during COVID when he was just exp- asking simple questions. You know, or having like, doctors on. Or having doctors on <laughs> that also went against the narrative. And now yeah. that narrative has shifted to be like, yeah, you didn't really need the jab. And it's like, okay, so it's uh, just another checkbox for, yeah. the, for the crazies. So doesn't actually prevent anyone from getting the disease. That yeah. was the biggest part for me. It's, it's like, like, oh, cool. that's, that's what a vaccine actually is. It, yeah. it stops it. That's why yeah. polio was cured, right? Yeah. That's how it worked. Thanks, polio. Yeah, doesn't, so. doesn't really happen with this. We have to change definitions around, and certain things get memory hold, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden it's like, oh, now it makes more sense. You don't have to type the person or group them into a it, – it's an ideology more mm-hmm. so than anything mm-hmm. else, and it's about human control. Yes, and, and it, deciding where we're going to go. Yes, and it's a, I think it's a very... I, I think they, the people at the top that want to control the masses probably figured it out by now, or they've definitely got a, a decent leash on it. But it is going to be interesting to see how we all have instant communication now. We can pretty much communicate. I, I talk to people now from Europe almost daily yeah. that I met in Finland, right? And I can instantaneously talk to them. You could FaceTime them if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Like, it's freaking nuts. But they have to, like, how do you control that, right? It's like, you never had that in history before. It would be like, hey, man, I'm going to I'm going to Finland. I might die. I'm going to hop on a boat. See you in, like, oh, yes. five years. Yeah. Like, yep. that's, this is this is brand new, man. This is brand new with the advent of technology because the world has got a lot smaller. So it's, it's just, like, how do you control that if you're someone in power? And, of course, the dissemination of information is definitely a great way. Mm-hmm. And how is that going to affect with, like, People that just don't care. It's nonstop, constant information coming at you. Yep. That and just doesn't matter. Disinformation, to, like true. actual information designed to be wrong yeah, rather than yeah. just trying to hide. Mm-hmm. It's it's just bury it in more hay. How many times you see a video where you're like, oh, that's obviously fake, but like your uncle thinks it's real. You know what I mean? I, I've even like done like prank videos where I was arresting my buddy for uh, posting stuff on like it was like for a video right and someone thought it was real and they reposted it thinking like this is coming to America and it's like oh no no this is this is fake this is fake like they're stuck along the house but we're in Australia right like it's it's fake so it's yeah. uh definitely man the internet's a weird place it's a very weird place and it's very fun to be living in this in this time I will say yeah well there is a book by Gustave Le Bon Okay. It was written in either the late 1900s or the or 1800s mm-hmm. or the early 1900s. Can't remember exactly what it was, uh, but it's called the psychology of the crowd. Mm-hmm. And essentially, what he talked about is is back in the day, people ruled with the divine right of kings. Mm-hmm. Right, my word goes, and then I got my nobles and everybody else underneath me, just like uh, the uh, Alexander the Great situation. Sure. The institution is already set up, mm-hmm. but eventually. We started moving towards whoever controls the crowd mm-hmm. is the one in charge. Mm. Because if you get the masses on your side, then all of a sudden 
even if you're selling them poison, if they're begging you for it, you're in charge. And one of the quotes he says in there is, whoever gives them their illusions is their master. Mm -hmm. And whoever tries to show them that they believe in illusions will always be their enemy. Mm -hmm. So in the same sense, the Joe Rogan aspect of regular average guy talking to the experts. And I mean, he's not a regular average guy at this point. Um, Highly successful and highly motivated and determined to to be a good dude in a lot of ways. Um, but he has that sphere of influence, and he can steer the masses, and I think that's what they're afraid of. Oh, yeah. They're afraid that their breakaway civilization and their ultimate goal of siphoning all the good stuff for them, and because I, I honestly think there's probably a really easy solution for energy crisis, mm. but that technology can't really get out because there's a lot of vested interests that are making a lot of money on what we're doing now at the status quo. And the same thing with uh, communications with mass media. Mm -hmm. So we end up in this kind of battle between the regular average guy who has no qualifications Mm -hmm. and the experts Mm -hmm. that have always told you right from wrong, right? Yeah. And we know that the media doesn't represent things Mm -hmm. To a, to a factual basis, like you just follow the money that for a long time. You just, yeah, you just follow the money. But yeah, as soon as you start following the money, you're like, oh, that's why they're starting to do this. So yeah. it's less about the group of people, but if you critically think about why would you do that if you were in that position, yeah, and it's like, oh, okay, well, that makes plenty of sense then. Yeah. So, anyways. I, I, I will say well, before we go any further, I, I've always loved this thought being a being a prior cop. Like arresting criminals, criminals will get together and they will conspire to like rob a bank, right? And these are typically poor people at their ends. You know, maybe they're just trying to like make some extra money, right? On the inverse, I guarantee rich people are getting together and plotting. Okay, how can we steer things? How can we make things work out in our favor? Literally, the owner of Executive Outcomes, Simon Mann, was arrested for trying to get a coup going in I think it was uh, the Guinea country or uh, Papua New Guinea, I believe. And that coup was essentially funded by Margaret Thatcher's son, right? And it's like stuff like that, that's happening all the time, all over the world. Crazy stuff, powerful people in play. They're, like, there's a basketball game, and there's no rules, and a billion dollars on the line. You're, then the other team's getting murdered, like off the gate. Yeah, exactly. like, like, There's no rules, man. So, um, But yes, sorry, that's, that's always my like. So that the idea is that like, there's not this grand conspiracy. Right, no, it's like there's a plan. Pretty much yeah. definitely happening. Y- you, would be, you sound kind of dumb if you think there's not people playing a game with what's going on in the world. I mean, we already have laws against that, like mm-hmm. with with specific trade unions and stuff like that where people organize and decide, hey, how, this is how much yeah. we're going to charge yeah. for stuff. Like, you, it's like you can't price fix. You can't you, you're telling me I'm a conspiracy theorist if you think that I think people will work together to get around a system? It's like, okay, get out of here, nerd. Well, if anybody does, you know who's a part of that group. If anybody tells you you're a yeah. conspiracy theorist for thinking oh, that, right. yeah. you know who's a part of that group. They just outplayed, you know, just That's got true. outplayed. Just so. got outplayed. Just got outplayed. Pretty much that simple. So, play less video games. Yeah. Lift weights. Go to the gym. Yeah. Drink water. Drink water. Get the uh, all chemicals out of there. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. filter, filter all that out. Mm-hmm. Get your pineal gland opened up. Yeah. That's a big word. Pineal gland. That, I don't even know what that is, dude. It's a seat of the soul. Oh, gotcha. Okay. It's very center of your brain. If you cut your brain yeah. right in half, it's literally the symbol. I think it's Osiris or something like that. Oh, the Egyptians. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Okay, it's where they thought the seat of your soul was. Yeah. And if you drink a bunch of water with fluoride, then it gets calcified. No kidding. Then your self-actualization, you know, your your chakras and other shit I don't know about gets out of whack. It's a little goofy. And then you become easy to manipulate. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Microplastics. Yeah, you're you're a sheep. You are being the sheep. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. You must lift weights and drink water to counter this. Yeah, or become sheep dog. (laughs) (laughs) And dominate the sheep. We gotta dominate the sheep, brother. Anyways, well, that's all I really have. You know, those are some of the things I want to talk about. The gear was a big one for sure. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Because that is a, I feel like any direction you go, whether it's gear or guns, if you follow it long enough, you'll realize that it is the rabbit hole. It's the Mm -hmm. Alice in Wonderland. It never stops. It just continues to go deeper. It goes deeper, man. It goes deeper. That's that's pretty much it, man. So you just got to follow your, you know, your passion wherever Mm -hmm. it lies and... Yeah. Enjoy the ride, so yeah. to speak. And maybe go out there and make some content for yourself. Yeah, pretty spot on. Well, man, should we go uh, shoot this bad boy? Let's do it. I'm Jones and Hart, right, man. Thanks for having me cool. on. Yes, sir. It's a good time. <laughs>